Hello everyone, welcome to the weekly podcast. Today I'm joined by Sharif Suhail, who's a very prominent football analyst and a voice for football in Pakistan and has been for many years. Welcome to the show, Sharif. Can you please introduce yourself a little? Uh, thank you, Zambil, for inviting me here today. Uh, so as you aptly put it, though I never use the word uh, football analyst to describe myself, this is the most commonly used word that people use to describe me. So I usually use the term sports management professional because that's more of what I do at the end of the day. And uh, over the last 10 years, I've been involved with uh, multiple sports projects in uh, Pakistan and in a variety of uh, capacities. I've also, uh, I also write uh, on the topic uh, of Pakistani football and I also give my uh, thoughts to different uh, television channels and analyze different uh, matches and situations in Pakistani football. Right. So when did you get involved in the world of football and your interest come develop towards football? So uh, I think as you recall, uh, even back in uh, earlier Head Start days, the passion mm-hmm. for football was always uh, there. So I grew up playing football and uh, that's what I did for like most part of my, my life. Uh, football is something that obviously uh, if, if, if you play football, only you can realize the sort of happiness it brings to you. So I played football for the longest time and I still do, uh, not as frequently as I, I, I would like uh, currently. But I got into uh, the other side of football back in 2010. Uh, I joined an organization called uh, footballpakistan.com, uh, which was uh, and is the, the world's largest and leading platform for Pakistani football. And it was a complete by chance encounter. I ended up emailing them, um, you know, if there was some sort of opening or some Unifec, which is generally help out uh, being in Islamabad. So they were more than happy to accommodate me in that sense. And they just uh, told me to, you know, join, cover matches. And that's how the journey really started. It was a very inconspicuous uh, start and it just snowballed from there. So what exactly was your role when you got started? So I, when I joined footballpakistan.com, I was working as a, the Islamabad correspondent. I would just usually cover uh, matches that were in Islamabad uh, when the Pakistan team came here today and I just mm-hmm. went to the camp, interviewed a lot of people. So my job was just uh, making sure that if there was an event related to football in uh, Islamabad, I would end up covering it one way or the other. That was my Gee. initial role. Right. So uh, another interesting organization that uh, you've worked with in the past that I've seen online is uh, Leisure Leagues. Could you tell us a little bit about that? What exactly is Leisure Leagues and what kind of work in Pakistan? So Leisure Leagues obviously came about at a very uh, later stage. This project started in uh, 2016. And Leisure Leagues is basically uh, a UK-based brand that runs small-sided leagues on a five, six, or seven-side format. Um, they came to Pakistan in 2016. They were bought by a consortium in uh, Karachi uh, called World Group mm-hmm. and the Trakwala family. Uh, they brought uh, they bought Leisure Leagues in the UK and they decided to launch it throughout the world, starting with Pakistan, of course. So in Pakistan, when Leisure Leagues came, um, I was contacted by one of the f- uh, very first people that joined. Uh, and uh, I had a meeting with them, discussed what they wanted to do, and I got on board with the project as a consultant initially. And I helped the, initially, obviously, we want to launch the brand, so I helped out with that. We did a brand launch in Karachi. This was back mm-hmm. in December 2016. And then a lot of people came to know us because we did Ronaldinho and Friends in 2017, which was uh, Pakistan's 
first ever international uh, football uh, match or matches uh, being held in Lahore and Karachi. So that was uh, that was an amazing experience. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, even someone you know at that time or a year before had told me that you know one one year later you're going to be doing a match with Ronaldinho, Brian Giggs, Robert mm-hmm. Perez coming to Pakistan. So I would have probably laughed it off. But you know, turning that into reality was some of the most challenging work that I've ever done because when you do something that's unprecedented, you come up with a lot of new challenges that you know have to face and come up with unique problems and uh, unique solutions to those uh, problems as well. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened to Ronaldinho and friends. We uh, obviously Ronaldinho was the title figure, but you had Ronaldinho, Ryan Giggs, Robert Perez, Nicholas Anelka. And then you had uh, George Boateng and Luis Guamote as well, and David James. So this was basically an, uh, an exhibition match to uh, promote legends. This was uh, since our own brand. We started with Ronaldinho. When we signed him, we were initially very uh, cautious. This was the same time when most of the PSL players were refusing to come to Pakistan. So we were very anxious whether you know Ronaldinho would actually confirm that he would come. But he took this up with a with a stride. And um, he was like, you know, I understand what the media headlines are about, but even in Brazil, the actual reality, what happens on the ground and what the media showcases is far different. So he was very supportive. And uh, when we used to sign another player, Ronaldinho used to back that up. So that was a major, uh, major coup for us. And, you know, he also helped us convince some players mm-hmm. to come to Pakistan because the challenge is that, you know, Pakistan's reputation globally, particularly three years ago, wasn't as was good uh, as it is now. So it was a challenge convincing these players to come to Pakistan. And of course, organizing those matches was a, a very difficult task itself. Uh, but, you know, as part of the people that were organizing it, until we actually stepped on that pitch and, you know, standing face to face with Ronaldinho, mm-hmm. um, even mm-hmm. I couldn't realize the magnitude of what we were doing and had done. And Interestingly enough, my actual responsibility during the match was managing the teams, right? So in Karachi's, mm-hmm. the Karachi match, I was managing Ronaldinho's team. And wow. that, that would have been some water, experience. That was one hell of an experience because uh, standing with Ronaldinho, obviously, has some legendary players who are not ready as well. So I was helping uh, guide him, you know, who can play in what position. Mm-hmm. There are very few people in the world that can say you know, they discussed tactics with Don Dino. So I had that pleasure. Yeah. And being a Manchester United fan, Ryan Giggs is one of, is my all-time favorite Manchester United player. So in uh, Lahore, I was managing his team. And <clears throat> this is a story I repeat often. I'm, I was standing in a circle. And I, I had uh, Ronaldinho, Anelka, Boateng, all of these players standing together. And we all of us are discussing tactics. And, uh, you know, Anelka saying where he's, he's going to play. And Giggs was, you know, in the end, Giggs asked me, where do you want me to play? I, I told him, you know, just go run down the left wing. And I, in terms of words, it's very hard to describe the feeling you would have uh, mm. in that situation. As a football fan, you know, there are very few people get that get this sort of opportunity and to do that in Pakistan, in your own country, in a pioneering event, I think, uh, that would have been a crazy experience. So, yeah. um, I just want to dig a little deeper into this whole leisure leagues and bringing people, uh, footballers from abroad, uh, because friends but they've off, I feel like I think leisure leagues has brought more players as well. 
no, we only did one event. There was Achha. another event after that. But I would also take this opportunity to help hmm. understand what Leisure is actually doing or what actually was doing before COVID. So Leisure League organizes small-sided football leagues. And our platform, when we started, obviously, we did non-linear friends. That was a massive uh, marketing uh, marketing reach. A lot of people got to know about us. But the core bread and butter of what we were doing at Leisure League was organizing these leagues. So we would start in each city, let, let's say Islamabad, and Islamabad would have multiple leagues depending on which grounds we were using and uh, what we were trying to do here. So, and after that, uh, when a league was running, a league would have a minimum of uh, eight teams and then they would play each other on round-robin basis on a league format. And we would have an online CMS, there would be weekly matches. So mm -hmm. when the league would finish, you would have uh, a winner and a runner-up. And what we would do next is we would organize intra-city championships where all, the, where, uh, where all the leagues and their winners and their runners-up would be playing in a centralized format. And the final winning okay. team would end up representing Islamabad or representing that city. Then we would have a national championship featuring all of our cities. And then we would do it in a centralized way. So when we grew leisurely, or when we started, we were operating in only three cities of Pakistan. But we took that from three to 77 cities in Pakistan. Wow. Where we would be playing everywhere from right from Hunza down to Karachi and everywhere in between. And very honestly, even I, before Leisure even I couldn't name 77 cities of Pakistan. So <laughs> that was a challenge that you see. But Same. we would organize yeah. leagues in 77 cities. Uh, we would be touching around 1,000 teams with 10,000 players. And then we would start moving that up where you would have a, a intra-city championship and then a national championship of those 77 cities. And that would be played out in 19 different uh, venues in Pakistan and then there would be a final round in Karachi which would be played by four teams uh, we've had that twice in 18 and 19 and that was broadcast live on PTV Sports we would have wow. a broadcast we had in the stadium uh, glittering uh, clothing ceremony and all and then what the ultimate uh, thing that would happen or what we would give back to the players was that the winning team would then end up representing Pakistan at the ISF small-sided World Cup. So the International Soccer Federation was born two years ago <clears throat> with Pakistan being one of the founding members to cover mm -hmm. small-sided football leagues because this is neither futsal, these it's neither full-size football. So ISF was formed uh, in the UK with Pakistan, Germany, and UK being founding members. And then two World, World Cups have been held since then. The first one was in Portugal. The second one was in Greece. And uh, Pakistan took part in both editions. And in the last editions, we... Obviously, the competition was very, uh, very high, and that's the sort of teams that we end up playing against. Last year, we had uh, almost had a dream result when uh, we lost 3 2 to Germany, who were the reigning champions from 2018, and we had a very mm -hmm. close encounter, and our result ended up uh, sending them out of the tournament. So, that's exactly what we did take uh, football or amateur football from that sense and create platform where anyone could play and then there's a competitive streak to it where we can go up and ultimately go up representing Pakistan. So when you were talking about all these different cities that you went to, over 70 cities in Pakistan, so infrastructure problem like did you find uh, good enough football grounds in all of these cities where people are playing? Because I, having spent most of my life in Islamabad, haven't been able to find too many good pitches. Because if you play football abroad, you realize that um, 
I'll talk specifically about Europe. Ke, like every other neighborhood has like a fantastic futsal pitch at least. Agar aur kuch now, and like top level astroturf and everything. So Islamabad, me I feel like there's maybe three, four grounds max which have average facilities. Maybe one ground has like good turf and good lights. So did you have a problem with the infrastructure in the other cities as well? Uh, definitely. I think if I were to really summarize this up. when we did our linear friends we had to play uh the karachi match at the hockey stadium and then four uh, <laughs> match at uh, fortress stadium so i think that just gives you an indication that we do not have any sort of sizable infrastructure in pakistan and that's a problem that really needs to be uh, thoroughly addressed but i'd also like to add that islamabad is on the complete other end of the spectrum islamabad now uh, because this number keeps on changing continuously we are touching 19 aspirative pitches in islamabad at the moment wow 19 and you take the entire country on the other side and we won't have 19 aspirative pitches on the rest, in the rest of the country so i think islamabad is pretty blessed in that sense now okay this is obviously turned into a business model as well which has resulted in this sort of private investment and i think this is a very interesting model of this is not technically a private public partnership but you do need some sort of private partnership to develop infrastructure particularly mm-hmm. when it comes to sports and football and that is a model that can be looked at in the future and can help solve this problem take so um one thing that i've like read online and ye kuch speculation bhi hoti hai but i don't know i'll just discuss this with you people say ke uh, leisurely is bringing people like ronaldinho here and then there have been times where like people, i think kaka came we all came yeah and is tarah ki cheeze hoti hain people sometimes call it just a publicity stunt case actually kuch ho nahi raha like pakistan ki jo national football team hai that's not uh, developing in any way by these players coming here because what happens is ke the world of football in pakistan gets a bit of attention for a month for a few weeks and uske baad everything goes away <laughs> so uh, how do you feel about that do you think this is accurate I think this is accurate but it's not the complete picture. Uh, everybody who understands football even slightly would know that bringing players is not going to st- solve your problems. But I would flip the coin and ask if it's not solving any problems but it's not causing one uh, in any other, any other way. The sort of publicity these uh, players bring or the sort of attention these players bring there's no harm to it. Uh, at the end of the day it's not public money that's being wasted on an event like this people are using it to market their products and my question is why now why did the first event happen in 2017 and not 50 years ago so this is an indication of the popularity that football has and this mm. is an indication of what's been happening over the last uh, two decades so i think that while this doesn't solve a lot of problems it's a step it's not the final uh, step it's a step in the right direction it's one of the early steps where people have seen that you know this sort of event where you get a uh, large publicity a lot of marketing going a lot of hype going it is going to attract crowds obviously the kaka event it wasn't done by us but at, at the end of the day it wasn't really a success because people didn't show up but with leisure leagues we with the two games we did we had 20000 people in karachi 25000 people in lahore as well mm-hmm. and this was done at of course uh, where the infrastructure isn't very suitable for an event like this we don't have sufficient uh stadiums we don't have uh, the pitches required for this but even in that situ- situation if you're getting this right it means that there is potential and you just need to go about it the right way right 
अच्छा सो टॉकिंग अबाउट क्राउड्स लेजर लीग्स की जो गेम्स होती हैं व्हेन दे गेट्स टू लाइक द फाइनल स्टेजेस एंड ऑल दैट डू दोस गेम्स जनरेट एनी क्राउड्स डू पीपल कम एंड वॉच दोस लाइक एट लीस्ट क्लोज फ्रेंड्स एंड फैमिलीज ऑफ दोस प्लेयर्स ऑफ कोर्स ऑफ कोर्स बट नॉट साइजेबल आई थिंक द लार्जेस्ट क्राउड दैट वीव हैड फॉर द लेजर लीग्स नेशनल चैंपियनशिप वुड हैव बीन 3000 uh but it's not very sizable in that sense and one of the reasons is that this is amateur football what legend yeah. is doing in order to get crowds going you need uh, professional football and even mm-hmm. when you compare that to matches such as on union fence you need competitive action where people can uh get towards uh, supporting a team or get behind mm-hmm. Okay, so Leisure Leagues has done a great job, like you summarized, to promote five, six, and seven-a-side uh, football. But um, I don't know, having played in all those formats and having played elevens, I don't know how well that translates into uh, developing players for eleven-a-side football, which is what a lot of people call real football, and which is the most competitive football played all over the world. So, do you think that these players can eventually become eleven-a-side players and help? or join the pakistan national team and help that team as well because i pakistan national team needs a lot of help definitely uh, i think that what leisure leagues is doing is obviously when it's amateur football you know that it's not going to develop a lot of talent in the first place but i look at this from a slightly different perspective of not directly developing talent but building an ecosystem when you have an ecosystem of football uh, you have multiple stakeholders one of which, one of which is the private sector and in the private sector there are always multiple projects that are being worked on so for the private sector to come in and invest into any sort of football project obviously that's debatable about what sort of project they should invest into but if they are doing it it is a positive sign for football in pakistan developing football players or developing football as a whole is obviously a different uh, ball game altogether and that requires a different approach what what i see with projects such as leisure league is that you need this you need or you need people getting into different football projects and developing this ecosystem you have multiple stakeholders uh, working together right okay so um we've seen since the past few years that PSL is a very very popular sporting event every single year generates a lot of money a uh, big big investment from the private sector in pakistan so why doesn't a PSL style event happen in pakistan for football uh and do you think that could be beneficial because i feel like even if you look at our pakistan national cricket team uh wo bhi kafi develop ho chuki hai with uh psl because there's a lot of young players that are discovered uh players coming in from abroad international players come and they um i don't know some of them act like role models in the locker room and all that helps develop our young players a lot and because scouting hoti hai all over the, uh, the country so it brings a lot it highlights a lot of new young players that eventually get selected for the national team Do you think something like this could help the football world in Pakistan as well? Um, I think it can, but there's the, you would go about it a bit differently uh, for Pakistan. Uh, I I did an article on this, a very in-depth article on this a couple of months ago, uh, when there was talk of doing a franchise-based league in Pakistan. And my concern is that franchise-based league won't work for football, particularly in Pakistan. If you look at uh, football globally. There are about 211 FIFA member countries, and there's a reason why uh, only a handful. A good example would be the US. There's Australia. There's India as well, who run on a franchise league model. What the franchise league does is obviously you you have a very sizable uh, recurring cost of maintaining those franchises, which come in the form of franchise costs. 
And then there are a few inherent problems with the league itself. For example, uh, the league would not have relegation promotion. Uh, the league would not be run as long as, you know, uh, if you do a complete PSL model, it wouldn't be running as long as it <clears throat> needs to be. Hmm. What Pakistan needs to do is obviously when you have a situation where we have, we have it, your currently, the Pakistan Premier League is run on an ad hoc model. They're mostly departmental teams. And you don't have a club culture in Pakistan. When you don't have mm. club culture, that means you need to create brand identities and clubs from start. Which means it is going to be some sort of city-based model. But you need to deviate from the franchise-based uh, league model. One of the major reasons for that is if you do a pure replica of the PSL, it's not going to be recognized as a league by FIFA and AFC. So the AFC and FIFA have set forward certain criteria that a league needs to be uh, that a league needs to uh, maintain if they are to be called a league in the first place. So, but even if it's not recognized by FIFA or AFC, um, is that a problem? Because at the end of the day, Pakistan will still have a football league, and my team, national team, will still be getting developed to some extent. Uh, no, it won't. It causes a major problem because you need your league or whatever you're doing in this situation to be a top-tier league. For example, the Premier League is the top-tier in the UK, then you have the Championship League, one League 2. Mm-hmm. That's the same case in Pakistan. We currently have the Pakistan Premier League on top, then you have the PFF League with the second division, and then you have feeder leagues of all these regional leagues. So you need to make sure whatever league you have, it needs to be top-tier. And another reason for that is because that grants you uh, spots into the AFC Cup and the AFC Champions League. Right. But okay. that also comes with certain criteria. For example, uh, if you uh, are in a position where you're qualifying for the AFC Cup and AFC Champions League, you need to have certain criteria. For example, the cha- AFC Champions League is something that we've never reached because our league never meets the criteria. So the Champions League criteria is very extensive. You need to have a minimum of 14, 15 teams playing each other on a home away basis. You need to have a minimum of seven different stadiums uh, for those uh, teams to play in. There needs to be ticketing. There needs to be a certain criteria for the coaches. So it's a very long list of things that needs to be done. And it's very important that when you have a league uh, like this, you should and you need to meet that criteria so that it becomes a top tier and you end up replacing that uh, league and it runs for a certain duration as well. So our problem is that our league needs to be revamped. And my suggestion mm. in that article was okay, you use the best features of a franchise league and you merged it into a hybrid model where you create city-based teams, but you use the Pakistan Premier League in that situation. You create new teams, get investment into it. And another problem with the PSL is that you are, you must uh, you must have seen this in the news as well. There's constant wrangling between the PCB and the team owners as well because the mm. cost of maintaining the team is very high. Because in the franchise league, you are paying a certain amount. For example, the last team sold for nearly $6.2 million, and that's per year. And if you take $6.2 million with the current exchange rate, you're spending a billion Pakistani rupees on just maintain existing, getting the team to exist. So the suggestion with that uh, football league is that you need to let the owners own the team outright. And instead of getting hefty uh, fees in terms of... Uh, uh, franchise fees, you get them to invest those amounts in development and then infrastructure. You would rather have a football stadium than them paying you sizable amounts of money per year. So this needs to be structured in a manner where it's sustainable 
because a PSL model like this in the long term won't be sustainable if the team owners are not close to uh, breaking even. Nobody gets into sports team to make money, but they need, there needs to be a realistic sense of those teams trying to become a sustainable model. So I think that needs to be addressed in Pakistan. And when football is done, and uh, I'll be a bit open with you, I've worked on feasibility with a couple of consortiums uh, on this. We've, uh, we did some very pioneering research with Nielsen as well. So the data is there, the validation for such a league is there. Obviously with COVID, that situation has been pushed, but I see this as a certainty. So for me, this is not a case of, if this will happen, this will, this will definitely happen. It's just a question of time. Right. So uh, do you think the PSA will be okay with uh, the changes that you're proposing? Because Apni Jaisa would be bolak the PCB also had some issues with PSL. And even though we're not copying, you're not planning on copying the PSL style format uh, to promote football, just some of the changes that you're talking about in the Pakistan Premier League, do you think the PFA will be okay with that? Uh, the situation with the PFF is that they hold the rights. You know, it's very important to understand this. They hold mm-hmm. the rights to organizing mm-hmm. the top tier. And if this league were to come into being, it would be in a collaboration with them in any case. Mm-hmm. And the BFF, obviously, we've had our political problems over the last five years and even before. But there is talk now that the situation needs to improve. The, the current league is obviously not good enough. If, even if you compare us in South Asia, we would be on the lower end of the spectrum. Uh, the, the league in Nepal is better than you. The league in Afghanistan is better than you. The league in India is better than you. The league in Bangladesh is better than you. So you, the, there is talk of remapping this, taking to, this to the next level. And this has to be done in accordance with the PFF, whether they like it or not, this is the future and this is something that has to be done. So um, when the way the league has been organized in India, uh, they spent a lot of money on marketing. They've brought in players from abroad. Um, granted, they've been older players like Anelka has played there, Del Piero has played there. But uh, there's still big names that came and played in India professionally and even managed teams there. So um, do you think we need that level of investment or do we need players from abroad to come and play in our local leagues to get that recognition? Uh, because I feel like they've developed a club culture which didn't exist before. And do you think that um, television rights or like televising all of these matches will make a difference in promoting teams like this? Yes, I think what India has done, obviously that's been at a very large commercial scale because India's commercial sector is far bigger than ours as well. So obviously we won't be able to do it at the same scale as they're doing it. But the choice of bringing foreign players into the league is very important because that helps attract uh, eyeballs and it helps get you marketability, especially in the initial years, right? And in every league, you would see foreign players play, whether uh, you go to England and even if you go to Bangladesh, even if you go to Nepal, they're always foreign players playing. So it depends on what sort of names you can technically afford to bring and get them involved in the league. But you would have foreign players involved in the first place so that your players also develop, you get the eyeballs. And the most impo- important component that you mentioned is uh, broadcasting. Without a, without a high-quality broadcast, you can never get your league to the masses. And that's also a very important uh, revenue source for the league in order to make it sustainable. Mm. And, uh, and the thing is that the problem that you potentially face is that the product that you're selling football is not going to be compared with anything that you have locally. So when people are going to watch a broadcast, the comparisons are going to be drawn with Europe, they're going to be drawn with the Premier League, the Bundesliga, and obviously 
obviously you won't be able to do it at that scale but it means you need to create a stellar product that's done right and has the right marketability has the right visibility so that uh, people get into the stadiums and at the same time you need to make sure that the football side of the equation is up to scratch otherwise you won't be able to progress in terms of as uh, in terms of a football nation right okay so um we've talked about broadcasting right now we've only got i think two prominent sports channels btv sports or i think geo super um uh, that yeah. are display, uh, like broadcasted nationwide um so apart from everything being on t- tv i'm a strong believer in uh, using digital platforms to promote everything so i feel like football can also be promoted through digital platforms so do you think if there was some sort of a influencer league or an influencer football match like they have sometimes in england uh, just as spencer fc is a famous youtube channel where they organize matches like this there are a lot of famous youtubers that do charity matches in england where they sell out stadiums and donate all of that money to charity so do you think we could use some of our local pakistani influencers to organize a football match to generate interest or generate um, investment from the private sector i think that you would do it but you would do it in a very strategic manner right you would rather have a league going and then use influencers in that sense where you promote the league tying them down to specific teams getting them involved with the matches getting them involved with the players i think that's going to do far more good because it'll create a buzz right but where does that hype lead to so you need to have a funnel where if you are involving influencers it needs to be done in a coherent manner where the hype generated then also ends up benefiting something directly so all of this obviously would be tied down to the marketing plan that you have for a league and in the world of today digital definitely cannot be ignored at all uh, problem with pakistan again uh, that sometimes you face is that the internet penetration here is about 35% so that takes a bit of a dent uh, but you need to make sure when you market a league you reach out to all spectrums that includes people that are present on digital platforms and those that aren't as well theek hai um so some controversy that i've seen with um, the pakistan football federation in the past is them not let, allowing uh, foreign based players or like foreign born players uh, play for pakistan um why do you think that is because we see countries from all over the world they let their foreign born players play for their country and they do really well uh you can see this and a very good example of this is uh, a lot of african teams where a lot of the players are born in europe have grown up in the european football system but have uh, african origins and end up playing for those african countries and do really well so why isn't pakistani football federation allowing that for pakistan Uh, i think it's not more of the federation allowing in the recent past especially if you look at the last game that uh, pakistan ended up playing uh, competitively that was the 2019 fifa world cup qualifiers because of political problems most of our squad in that team in that game was foreign born uh, the problem that we faced is not particularly limited to the pakistan football federation i think this is a pakistani mindset uh, as a whole we don't we love to praise our diaspora when it comes to their achievements but if that diaspora mm-hmm. comes back and uh, decides to you know help out with the country then we develop some serious problems about their commitment and the problems so i think for me the 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 argument has been very different and it's always been the case of uh, merit if someone is good enough to play and if uh, if they want to play i think that that's settle the debate right 
the team should be picked on merit not on geographic locations that's not how football works and that's how sport should work as well and we've seen a lot of good players uh, come through our, our team in the last couple of years we also have we also have some big names uh, that would that could possibly play for pakistan uh, i think up till recently a week ago we also had the possibility of khayas uh, sahid who's the first uh, pakistani origin player to play the uefa champions league he played against real madrid uh, about 3 years ago he was uh, he could have been caught for pakistan but he got an last minute emergency call up from norway and he ended up playing a competitive game in which he also scored so you know off his books but we also have a lot of other players that could possibly be gotten you have another compatriot of his uh, it is azad hussain who's playing at uh, molde uh, then you also have a number of other players uh, in the uk uh, you also have adil nabi who was playing for ofi crete in the pre super league so you have uh, upcoming players as well that can be gotten for pakistan it's just a case of managing the strategy convincing them and selling a vision to play for pakistan okay so um locally how can we uh, do more at a grassroots level to promote football because if you compare us obviously matlab europe se compare nahi karna chahiye because they've got a culture of football and they've been spending so much on football for so many years but if you do compare to europe um they have a very structured format for every age group and they've got academies professional academies then they've got amateur clubs and everything there is very structured if you compare that to local clubs in pakistan i'll specifically talk about islamabad because mera experience sirf idhri ka hai um it's very disorganized there isn't any structured training the coaches often don't care was match khila dete hain and this is at even like clubs that are considered good in the city um i won't take names but uh, there are some clubs that are considered very good but unki jo training hoti hai it's very disorganized Uh, there's no structure people are sometimes playing matches which are like 13 versus 9 people and beach versus sometimes there's bikes crossing through the football field so there's a lot of problems like this when it comes to structure so what can be done to uh, make football more organized at a grassroots level and to just promote football and promote our athletes from a young age i think the most important thing in pakistan or all of this you know all of these problems boil down to a top tier league once you have a league at the top that has privately owned clubs and those clubs are exist for promoting football you going to see a lot of changes because when clubs exist in a format like this they want to develop their own talent they want to build their own academies as well and they're also going to then employ coaches and they're also going to uh, make sure that what's being done is being done in a structured manner so i think this also requires a top down approach in some cases when you start reformatting the league you do the top tier then you also revamp the second division third division and the the interesting part is that you need to bring genuine football clubs and people that are passionate about running those football clubs into the circuit there's also the case of the pakistan football federation that can obviously do a lot more to develop football at this stage we still don't have a pff operated academy we still don't have a residential academy where all of these youth structures uh well all of the youth structure and all of these uh, young players can play so i think for pakistan this entire system uh, needs a strong revamp and once you do that i think then you can structure it with uh, different age groups you can develop residential academies and then have this ecosystem that develops uh, football but it's very important to develop a top tier league because everyone is then going to look forward to that 
if you are able to spread that's an aspiration to get to that level ठीक um so as we all know cricket is uh, perhaps the only sport where you can make a proper living uh, in pakistan if you play professionally um apart from cricket what other sports do you think people can look to play professionally in pakistan and still make a living kyunki i don't think playing professional football in pakistan is a career that many parents would even consider <laughs> being an option for their children because cricket ki phir bhi samajh aati hai there's a lot of investment there's a lot of options you can play for the national team you can be an international star you can play the psl make some money there are a lot of options and you can still make a living but what other sports are there in pakistan where you can uh, i think football is obviously one of them there's tennis there's like we spoke on that there's hockey to a certain extent as well and if if you take the example of football forward you've had and uh, this culture is now developed in pakistan to a certain extent over the last couple of years we are seeing some of our national team players go abroad and play in different leagues uh the most prominent of them has been kalimulla who went to mm-hmm. on to play uh, first in the kazakhstan league then he went to the us when he played in the usl for two different teams then he also went on to turkey and then he was last playing in iraq and now he's looking at another move so he's been able to show that you know the system is broken no doubt about that but he was able to make uh, a career out of football and he was obviously able to earn a decent amount of money is uh contracts mm-hmm. that obviously were reported in the media as well paid from 10000 15000 so there is money to be made internationally not particularly in pakistan but that's the goal right even if you have a top tier league revamped in pakistan the players playing there but that wouldn't be your ultimate dream everybody wants to play in europe yeah so that's the dream that you ultimately have and the the thing that you need to do is make so that you competitive enough you can develop players and obviously once you start developing players of a certain caliber those players can then go on and play in different uh, leagues in the world right acha um i just want to end on this note uh, do you think pakistan will play the world cup uh, like qualify and play in the world cup in our lifetime like you possible hai ki nahi well you know this is my dedicated written down dream i also give a ted talk on this and it's my dream to see pakistan at the world cup so definitely i would like to see that happen in my lifetime it's not impossible uh, definitely it's a very difficult task but with the right planning with the right uh, vision and with the right people of course i think this is doable for pakistan but even if you look at it it's going to take 20 30 years to get to a world cup right Thank you Sharif this has been great thank you so much for coming on and thank you for everything that you do for uh for football and for sports in Pakistan this has been a pleasure you're welcome thank you so much for the invitation